I'm Bill Hoverston, an actor, writer, producer, stand-up comedian, and the host of But You're Not Funny, a podcast for young-at-heart boomers and boomers-to-be looking to live happier and healthier lives. Welcome to But You're Not Funny. I'm Bill Hoverston, and my guest today is Christine Blasdale, a star of radio and podcasting. Hi, Christine. Hey, Bill. How are you doing today? Really wonderful. Um, I wanted just to introduce you briefly to everybody. She has a podcast called Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious folk. She has raised over $18 million for worthy causes. Christine is a motivational and leadership speaker, an audiobook and voiceover artist, and a conscious business generator. I also happen to know that you're a great teacher. So, Thank Christine, thanks for your help in getting me geared up to create, but you're not funny. Oh, I'm so happy about that. It, of, of, <laughs> of, of all my podcast coaching um, clients and, and students that I work with, I love what you've done with the show. And I really love how you've taken that action and you've put it out there. So congratulations to you. Gosh, th thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. You know, the first connection that I had with you was hearing your voice on the radio, KPFK many times and I was so in such admiration of your voice I thought wow I, that what a great voice and I wonder what she looks like <laughs> love to meet her sometime and I actually did get to meet you it was a an event uh where Amy Goodman was speaking at the Emanuel Church in Los Angeles and I was really attracted by your great energy and enthusiasm very positive so, oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, that that made me feel really good. <laughs> oh, well, you. it should. It should. Now you're such a positive force for so many people. It's like you radiate this positive energy around you. So I just wanted to make mention of that. Today we're going to take advantage of your experience to talk about asking tough questions. And Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Does that sound interesting? Yes. <laughs> well, good. It's it's something that's easy for me to talk about because I've been doing it for so many years. So yeah. go for it. Yes. Okay. Your background. You had a great dishonor of flunking out of kindergarten. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't really flunk kindergarten. They held me back a little bit. Uh, I've done some speaking events where I talk about that. Yep. You know, I may have flunked kindergarten, but I got a master's degree in life. Well, there and you go. Because when I was really little, I grew up around a lot of adults and I had very few children around me. Uh. I was looking at these children like, what are you? Like, <laughs> you're eating paste and you're taking a nap. and Perfect. But yeah, so that's that's the story behind that. That's great. <laughs> I was a child of divorce. So my parents divorced when I was two and I... I lived with my father for a while. And then later on in life, I lived with my mom, but the stable, the, the person that was there all of the time was my grandmother. So my grandmother had the ability to make me feel that I could do anything. Oh, it's just the best feeling in the world. I feel so close to her 
even now, as she's not physically here on this planet, she's with me and inside me. And um, another great thing she taught me was to let things go. You know, she never held on to um, anger or that's a characteristic that I carry now as well. Because sometimes those things that we think are a negative uh-huh. is really a positive. It's the best thing that's ever happened to us. Right. Yeah. right. Well, there's such wisdom that can come out of older people. Yeah. So, Christine, your work in media started, you actually were working for AOL and writing music reviews and then movie reviews. And you had a funny name. This was back in the day when America Online was the, you know, Facebook, the internets, the everything. (laughs) And they had channels. Mm -hmm. And in the entertainment channel, I got to write a daily column, Monday through Friday. But I wrote it through a cartoon character. And Beatbox Betty was a very vampy, campy, Hedda Hopper kind of Mm. character, uh, Martini Totlin. But I was brutally honest and funny. And it was a great opportunity because at the time AOL was huge. So I got to go on press junkets and premieres and things like that. And I got to interview celebrities, um, Angelina Jolie, Drew Barrymore. Beautiful. (laughs) You had a little experience when you met Lily Tomlin, that she gave you a great compliment. Yes, and this is a this is a lesson for anyone who's watching this or listening to this. Great. Whatever it is that you do, if you're a writer or a speaker or um, you know a, a, a brick and mortar shop owner, always always do your best because you never know who's listening to you, reading you, mm-hmm. watching you. You never know. If you do a YouTube video, if you have a channel, mm-hmm. you never, ever, ever know. And as an example is um, at the height of me working with AOL and doing the column, I was at a little restaurant in West Hollywood and I was sitting there with a friend and a couple tables over was Lily Tomlin and her partner at the time. They're married now, but mm-hmm. Jane Wagner. And Jane is like, oh my gosh, she's a brilliant, brilliant writer. And so they were sitting having dinner and my friend, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Lily Tomlin. Oh my gosh, I really love Lily Tomlin. And my friend's going, go, go, go over there and just say hi, you know, say hello. So I (laughs) I got the courage up. And so I just said, "Uh, Lily, Jane, hi, I'm Christine. Um, I'm just a big, wonderful fan of yours. And um, I'm also known as, as Beatbox Betty but I just wanted to come over and I don't want to interrupt you for long. I just wanted to say thank you for all the work that you do. Cause I, you're truly so talented, both of you. Nice. And nice. Lily looked at Jane and she said, Jane, do you know who that is? That's beatbox Betty. <laughs> and Jane said, she looked up at me and she said, Oh, we love you. We love you reading you. Uh-huh. And then Lily Tomlin said, you, she said, you are so funny. And I just, I lost it. I just was. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. You never know who's seeing your stuff. Yeah. Make it your best yeah. quality because you never know. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. story. So I think you said that 9-11 changed you and led you to a new course in your career. When 9-11 happened, I stopped for a second and 
I was questioning everything that I did. I said, who cares what Britney Spears is wearing? Who cares who Angelina Jolie is dating? Who cares really in the great scheme of things? And I was, I was like, what's going on in the Middle East? When 9-11 happened, um, I actually remember being at a press junket. It was the day or two after 9-11. And it was a film that Drew Barrymore was in. And we were sitting at the press junket in a hotel. And she also, she just burst into tears. And she says, I'm sorry, I can't, this, I'm talking about Hollywood stuff. And she said, I'm not, I'm too sad right now. And I, and she was just very, very much um, upset. So at that time, I questioned everything that I was doing. I said, this is just not, you know, this really doesn't feel right right now. Yeah. Yeah. And lo and behold, as, yeah. as it happens, synchronicity, whatever you want to call it, I was channel surfing one day, as you do when you're driving in traffic in LA. Sure. And my dial stopped on this radio station in Los Angeles, and it's called KPFK. And it was so different. Uh, all of the other stations it was very fearful and you know we're at you know this means war and what happened and tragedy 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 but this station i was listening to was sort of questioning and saying well these are the policies that we've had in place and mm. the history of what's happened in iran and iraq and i just thought that was quite incredible and it was completely community sponsored it was there's no corporate underwriting or corporations, no commercials. Right. And I decided to drive to the radio station and just thank everyone. Like, yeah, being thankful and grateful. Right. So just, I went to the station. Just like you did with Lily Tomlin, just sincere yeah. and sincere gratitude yeah. and just expressing yeah. that and giving them a meaningful compliment. That's exactly what happened. So I, I went into the, the station and I talked to the receptionist and said, I just found you guys and you're amazing. Is it all right if I could uh, go around and just, and anybody whose office is open, just say thank you. Right. And so I just walked around and I just, whoever it was, you know, whoever, if they were in membership or if they were an engineer or I wouldn't go in the studio, mm. anybody that I could see in the little kitchen area, the, near the bathrooms, I just said, whatever it is you do here, thank you. And somebody there said, what is it that you do? And they said, well, you should volunteer. We don't have any writers here. And maybe you could help on the shows writing copy. And I said, well, that'd be great. As a volunteer, I could do a couple hours a week. Mm -hmm. So I started that. And it was probably two weeks into me coming and volunteering my time that um, an assistant producer had to leave. And they asked me to, to come on board. The pay was horrible. The workload was insane, but it was my first entry into broadcasting on air in, in a radio station. And that was uh, almost 20 years ago. So I had been with Pacifica Radio KPFK for 19, yeah, 19 years. And they could probably sense the sincerity and the appreciation yeah. in you. If you hadn't done that and just had a little initiative, you know, who knows? You you wouldn't have had this uh, this particular career path. When you have that integrity and authenticity, the universe does open up for you. And so it was a situation where a host couldn't be on the air. The show was going to air. And they're like, Chris, it was like broadcast news. And boy, when that on-air light goes on, and I realized that I was talking to thousands of people, 
Yeah. I didn't get scared. If anything, I really loved it. Wow. I loved it. Because I'm an intuitive, I can hear or feel what the audience is thinking. Okay. And through such a powerful mechanism as radio, mm. it's very intimate art form. I've had listeners who've, who've heard me over the years for five, six years. And then I'll do, I would do an event, a live event, like, like what you were talking about. And yep. I'd be there and they would come up to me. And some of them would say, I, your voice, I thought you were black. I didn't know that you were a white girl. <laughs> like, and, there's a, and I said, I said, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just me. <laughs> yeah. So now you live in Australia. My wife, we got married in 2018, California to here. I'd be here for a while, then go back and then work and then come back. Yeah. And the, the ultimate goal was, though, for me to be with her and our and our children here in Australia. I'm so glad that I'm here with her. And for those people who are separated from their loved ones uh, because of all of this, my heart goes out to you. Ooh, that's a lot of pain for them to go through. So my, my heart's with them. It is a pain. Yeah. We're right in the middle of this, too. Can I lighten things up? <laughs> of course. <laughs> you, know yes. what, you know what they say if you're crazy? Have you lost your senses? Have you taken leave of yes. your senses? Come to your senses? And yeah, yes. I did. Yeah, I came to my senses, as in these senses, the U.S. senses. <laughs> So in 2020, I worked as a census taker, where I go door to door and I interview people and ask questions. But it took forever to start the job. Christine, I filled out the forms. I got photographed and fingerprinted, and I waited. After a few weeks, they called and they said, are you still interested? Oh, yes, of course I am. I said, when do I start? Well, get back to you. So I waited. A few weeks later, they called again. Still interested? I said, yes, I am. When do I? Well, I'll get back to you a few weeks later. Are you still? Yes, I said, of course I'm interested. God, it, was, it was enough to make me swear. And actually, they finally did make me swear. Swear an oath as a government oh. employee. And now I could start my training. So I have to learn the acronyms. A non-response follow-up is spelled N-R-F-U. N-R-F-U. FU. And if you're working on targeted non-sheltered outdoor locations, then you're T-N-S-O-L. T-N-S-O-L. S-O-L. <laughs> True. And then they give me these important warnings. Don't carry a gun or a knife. No, that's not good. <laughs> a gun? I mean, what do they think? I'm going to stick people up now. Give me your census info or I'll blow you away. Then they hand me my census gear. So even though I don't have a gun, I still wear a badge. I carry a black bag, a clipboard, and a government-issued cell phone with all the addresses that I'm supposed to visit. Now, since I have to drive to these locations in my car, they give me an accident report form to fill out, six pages long. It's got a statement of witness, vehicle data, and the names and information of persons killed or injured. Killed or in, I, I had an easy day today. Only two killed and five injured. So I'm ready to begin. I drive downtown, so proud that I didn't even hit one person. 
and I started in at my first address. It's an apartment complex. But before I can knock on my first door, all of a sudden, all the cases disappear from my phone. And then immediately new addresses come in. Now I've got 50 cases marked dangerous. And here I am without a gun. <laughs> but there's also 42 other cases. They're all on one block in an area downtown known as Skid Row. Oh. You know, that's where a lot of homeless people live. So I look at the case. Oh, they sent you to Skid Row? <laughs> they sent me to Skid Row. And the cases a week ago, they were marked unsafe. And the last entry recommended transfer to strike team. And now they're all mine. So what? I'm like a one-man strike team? Well, I wasn't a team. And I sure wasn't there to strike anybody. <sighs> but Christine, as I drive into the area, two homeless guys are hitting each other in the middle of the street. Maybe they're the strike team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other guys join in and now it's a brawl. I got to wait till the fight is over. And uh, then I drive through and I park far away. As I walk back into the area, I see a guy only wearing one shoe and lying on his back motionless across the sidewalk. I step over him, just one block, with people living on the sidewalk on both sides of the street. These people are intense, so intense. They're literally living in tents. Now, my first interview is a guy with two teeth. He goes, yeah, I'll interview for money. A woman says, no problem. Hey, I'm gonna sit here while we interview and smoke some crack. You want some? I say, um, it's a little early in the day for me. Finally, as I finish up my interviews and walk back to my car, the guy with one shoe, he's still lying in the same place across the sidewalk. I turn to a man nearby and say, he hasn't moved. Is is he dead? Nope. Spice. He's on Spice. Spice? I figured it couldn't be Old Spice because he didn't smell too good. Couldn't be the Spice Girls since he wasn't grooving to the music. No, Spice, man. Knocks you out for a few hours. At this point, I'm wondering about those 50 cases that were marked dangerous. What made them more dangerous than this? But I never know. As I head out, I'm almost ready to try some spice myself or go back and get some crack. I'm definitely feeling SOL. But instead of saying F you, I look at the bright side. As I drive my car away, my casualty count is no dead and no wounded. Yeah, it's time and I'm finally ready, ready to take leave of my census. Hey, you want to come work for the census? We'll get back to you. No, thank you. <laughs> Okay. No, thank you. Oh my <laughs> God. They can't believe they sent you to Skid Row. Uh, yeah. It was, it was insane. And, uh, Christine, I'd love if you could share some ideas with our audience about how to ask a really tough question. But first, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. This is But You're Not Funny. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our website, 
butyourenotfunny.com. And we're back. This is But You're Not Funny. I'm Bill Hoverston, and my guest today is podcast master extraordinaire, Christine Blasdale. Christine is helping us ask tough questions, learn how to do it successfully. So I wanted to ask you a question about you asking questions, asking tough questions. Now, I know that on your podcast, I'm guessing probably the easiest question that you must have had was when you were interviewing a master narcissist and you got over 300,000 hits. I'm guessing all you had to say to him was, tell me something about yourself. The thing is, is that with narcissists, their fuel, their food source is your emotional turmoil. So gaslighting and, and making you feel that you're crazy or insecure, lying, lying. I had to ask the questions that people that would be my listeners would be thinking. It was a great interview you had with him. Yes, I, thank I, I you. I loved that. It yeah. opened my mind. Questions in our personal lives. Now, with Tracy, popping the question. Oh, that was easy. Uh, well, when I met her, I was 54, 55, 54, I think it was. But I had never been married. I had been in relationships, hmm. but I had never found the person, the one that I really wanted to wow. spend the rest of my life with. And so when I did meet her, it was as if God, like like I wrote a list of all my, the, I want someone like with this and that, and God delivered uh, Tracy because she was That's everything. Yeah. But we communicated for six months um, and fell in love for six months before we actually got to like touch each other and be with each other. It's hard being in a long distance relationship, but when you spend six months getting to know someone and really liking them, yeah, that's the thing. You know, I think you make for it makes for a really wonderful relationship. Yeah, she found me on Instagram. Well, what are some tough questions that you have had to ask? in one a context or another, and how do you go about it? I remember still when I was doing those press junkets for AOL. Yeah. We had done, uh, and I think it was for the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah. John Goodman. Right. And we had about 20 minutes with him. And it was, so we're sitting at a table, a big round table mm-hmm. with a lot of journalists and they're from international media, newspapers and things like that. We're asking him general questions. And John Goodman is, I don't think he's a fan of being interviewed. Mm. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. He would literally give like one word answers. Oh. <laughs> and we, 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 luckily we weren't live. We were all, we all had our Taped tape it. recorders on. Yeah. But I had to write an interview, an article mm-hmm. based on questions and answers from the stars. I, I would ask a beautiful it's like a tennis lob you know you 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 give somebody a great serve and you get yes <laughs> no yeah exactly <laughs> uh that was one of the hardest interviews because of that and i've also done that actually on live on air i had an author great book great title great resume and then when i got them on air they would do one or two word answers and there'd be like dead air. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, that's that's when you ad lib and you just talk basically to, uh, 
by, by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, our audience, is there some way that they can translate that into uh, an everyday situation? For example, one partner comes home. Hi, honey, how was your day? Good. Well, what did you do? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. How do you get around that? You take, I don't know, you get them flowers and take them out to dinner and try <laughs> Before <laughs> you ask. Something's wrong. <laughs> Something is wrong. Yeah, no, if, if, if either my wife or I give one word answers, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> yeah. <need> to talk. <laughs> but can you pry? Do you think it's a good idea to, you ask a question and you get a, you know, one word, uh, whether it's a press junket or whether it's a personal situation, can you, is there a follow-up that you can ask? You need, if, if it's live on air, like a radio show, you, you need to save the show. Um, that's when you rely upon your own gift of gab okay. and okay. telling your personal stories. But what I do, I mean, now I, I try and do pre-interviews or I make sure that I watch or listen to somebody being interviewed in another format. Like, again, because I'm intuitive, I really listen to my guests. Okay. And so if I feel where they're going Okay. And they're talking about a childhood thing, you know, childhood issue. If they feel safe with me right. and they know that I, my intention is good and pure, then I will say, you know, is, is there something that happened in your childhood that you would like to share or you feel that you want to share? Then they're open to that. But I wouldn't even go there unless I really felt that they, that they wanted to. Okay. Does so that make got, sense to you? You've got to feel their re receptivity first before you ask a tough question. I don't do any, I've never done a gotcha show. You know, I've oh. never done, uh, anybody that I invite on my, on the podcast or the radio shows, it's always about supporting them, promoting mm -hmm. what they're doing. Because I have a lot of master teachers on my podcast show. So it's somebody that I already appreciate and, and like. My most powerful show I've ever done was a woman who was a survivor of, FGM, female genital mutilation. Oh. And she's on a campaign. She's on a campaign now to stop it in the United States. It's still legal in many parts of the United States. And her story is, it's painful to listen to, but she speaks it because she's people to know what it does to yeah. young girls. And the thing is, is that when she's, she's telling her story, I had a moment where my emotions came through and there was that pause mm -hmm. and not to try and fill it with something, but just to be, and to, my heart was with her. And I, I think that's what we need to do also when our guests, when people that we have on our shows mm. present something that's, that's emotional for them. I think mm -hmm. to give them that safe space is really important and listeners understand and appreciate it as well. Oh yeah, I think you're so right. There are <clears throat> difficult questions like asking for a raise or asking to be hired. Um, um, I I have no problem asking for money. Okay. Great, <laughs> great. I have a high value. I I create money for other people, and so mm -hmm. I have no problem asking for money. I don't ask for a job. I inform people of the opportunity that they can work with me or that I can 
benefit their business or their organization. Okay. And so it's almost like um, I'm inviting you to have me come in and help you. Does that make sense? I like that. It's a whole different reframing. Well, if somebody gives you a job, they can take it away as well. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is that I like collaboration, even though I work very much by myself, but I like people that have, they're very good at what they do. Yeah. And then they see my value and they like, they say, you know what, you're really good at what you do. Uh -huh. Let's put them together and we can both benefit. Great. Yeah. I try and reframe everything I can. <laughs> okay. So here's another kind of questioning, Christine, self questioning, the questions, mm. the tough questions that you ask yourself. Could you give a couple examples of what you think might be helpful, helpful questions that each of us could ask ourselves? I think for me, when, when I've been in those points of my life where I have those very, very deep questions, those life kind of changing uh, yes. moments, Yes. Uh, it tends to be when all hell is breaking loose or you're in a, a very sad state or an emotional state. And what I've learned, and again, this is from this, the master teachers that I've been around, we can uh, have the tendency as human beings to spiral down. We can yes. start hearing those stories that maybe we heard when we were a kid, you're, you know, you're stupid. Nobody loves you. You're not going to amount, whatever those stories are. Right. Will, when we're in a, a, a tense moment or trauma or uh, a breakup, uh, something like that, we tend to have those stories to have that ability to step back okay. and to ask the question, who is that speaking? Who is that speaking? who is that speaking that is saying all those negative things? Oh. And uh, if, if people have the uh, tendency to spiral down and to think of all those bad things, then a lot of times they'll treat other people. They'll, they'll lash out to other people. Um, they'll go to drinking, to alcohol, you know, alcohol, drugs. Right. What I do is when something emotional happens and I start to feel myself going down, I'll pull back and I'll ask that. I'll say, who is speaking? Is it, is this the truth or are these just my fears and my, you know, the childhood stuff that can come up and the emotional stuff. And it really, really helps because it oh. gives you a pause and you're able to step back yeah. to the situation, forgive yourself and make amends for it. If you hurt someone's feelings, Perfect. No, that's wonderful. And I think being attuned to the yes. person that you're asking the question of, having some compassion, it's, it's actually having compassion for yourself. It's not another person now, but it's the, that other person that's within you. Exactly. And we tend to be harshest on ourselves. Hmm. Right. You know, you, you ask that tough question, and you follow it up with compassion and love, especially if it's a family member mm -hmm. or someone that you care about because you care about them. Beautiful. Well, Christine, I want to thank you so much for coming on the up. show. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been just a beautiful time 
with you and delving into this whole area of interpersonal communications through the lens of asking tough questions of others and of yourself. So would you please, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, would you please, this is the hard part. Would you please promote yourself? <laughs> would, you please, <laughs> would you please tell our audience how to get in touch with you about a book that you have about your website tell them how they can connect with you my my pleasure bill <laughs> the best way to reach me is at my website which is my name christine blasdale.com and it's uh, with a ch christine blasdale and it's not a z in blasdale it's an s.com they can reach me there and i actually would like to offer any of your uh, listeners or viewers if they want to see if they're a fit to work with me either as an intuitive business coach or a podcast coach trainer uh -huh. um, you know I work with people on creating YouTube channels as well anything that has to do with multimedia maybe you want to be uh, getting into radio then I would love to offer your um, the listeners and viewers of your show yes a complimentary strategy session and we do it over Zoom so that we can see each other and then I can get a better idea of where they're at and where they want to go. Wow. And then I use my intuitive guidance. You never know what will pop up, but they can also contact me at that website, christineblasdale.com. Okay. And if they really want to get into podcasting, there is the book you can get on Amazon and it's a Kindle. You can get the Kindle version or the paperback and it's called your amazing itty bitty podcast book, the top 15 reasons why you need to tap into the power and profits of podcasting. Happy to say it's a international number one Amazon bestseller. Yes. And, yeah, um, yeah, it and well, that and is it's got good reviews. So that's good. <laughs> and what a generous <laughs> offer too, to offer a free session with anybody that's motivated to do something. They're just not sure how to go about it. I can certainly vouch that you are an amazing person to really get where they're coming from and what they what they want to do. So this is a great Thank offer, you. everybody. Thank you, Christine. That's my, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. And I would love to work with more people to help get their message, their voice out into the world. And just like you, Bill, like you, you're you're out now with the YouTube channel and the podcast, you're reaching people uh, and sharing your wisdom and your wit and your knowledge and that is a great thing the world needs more uh, of you as well more bills more oh. bill hoverstons okay i'll just clone <laughs> myself and uh, <laughs> you no. just keep doing you <laughs> you keep doing do you okay yeah. well, thank yes. you so much christine this has been but you're not funny podcast you can hear us on all audio podcast platforms and see us on youtube and until next time, have an incredibly great day. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to But You're Not Funny. Please subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Bill Hoverston. You can see my work at BillHoverston.com. It's been a pleasure.